Welcome to another episode of Journeys in Entrepreneurship. Today, we have Dikpo Davis, founder of Castle Lifestyle Magazine. Dikpo is a lawyer, real estate practitioner, and publisher. He's also a member of the Institute of Chartered Secretaries and Administrators. He had stints as company secretary and legal advisor with Pricewaterhouse and Churchgate Group, a conglomerate with interest in real estate, trading, textiles, chemicals, and fishing. In 1999, he became an entrepreneur as founder of Wheelhouse Communications Limited, a publishing company with two titles, Castle Lifestyle, a weekly real estate magazine, and Highbrow Living, a monthly luxury magazine. Interviewing him is Okome Tessiro, the vision driver of different architecture and development company. He's an architect and entrepreneur with over a decade of experience in the architecture, construction, and real estate industry. With a degree in architecture earned a decade ago, Okome has consistently demonstrated expertise in designing and managing projects across a diverse range of sectors, including residential, industrial, commercial, and hospitality. Join us as we listen to their journeys in entrepreneurship in the real estate space. Hello, everyone. Welcome to another breathtaking edition of Journeys in Entrepreneurship by Faith Foundation. My name is Okome Tessiro, the vision driver at Different Architecture and Development. And today I have the amazing opportunity of sitting and learning at the feet of the face behind Castles Magazine, the face and brain behind it. He is a fascinating real estate mogul and wants to share journeys in real estate and the entire value chain of real estate, really. Um, welcome, Mr. Davis. Thank you very much. I'm very happy to be here. Same here, same here. It's brilliant meeting you. Like I, I was sharing how I came across Castles Magazine for the first time in GSS2. And it's, it's, it's been a long time coming. I tried replicating your business, though it's a little bit of variance. <laughs> <laughs> and um, yeah, I published two editions before I stopped. So it's, it's beautiful being here, sitting here with you to really know how you've been able to sustain the market for this long. Yes, thank you. When we hear stories like that, you know, at least one feels a bit uh, gratified that, um, you know, that there's some impact because it's, it's actually going to be 25 years Wonderful. of publishing castles next Wonderful. year. You know? So thank you very much for that bottom of this. <laughs> You're welcome, sir. So let's get the ball rolling. Um, could you tell us a bit of your journey in your, 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 your journey about your legal background and how you transitioned into a career in real estate? Okay, well, my late departed dad was a lawyer. And right. um, you, as a young boy, you see him all dressed up in his beam and his collar mm-hmm. and his gown. And, um, you know, I, I think I was a bit talkative myself as a, as, a, as a young boy. So it was assumed that I would become a lawyer. Yes, yes. But he made the biggest mistake of taking me to court when I was 10, 11. And by the time I saw how slow the wheels of justice turned, I knew that I definitely didn't have that. Yes, yes. I definitely didn't have that. Uh, such patience. Patience, right. To see such things true. But I, I still read law. But I then went into company secretarial practice. That is to be acting as company secretary to boards. Um, so I left uh, Pricewaterhouse where I started. And then went to Churchgate Group. And at Churchgate Group, I was exposed to quite a number of companies. I sat as secretary on the board of quite a number of companies that were developing properties. The Churchgate Towers, for instance, was one of those that um, uh, happened when I was there. Mm-hmm. 
I then left Churchgate to Stabilini Bisiloni, which is a building construction company. Again, recharging my interest exactly. in, for, for in properties. Exactly, for properties and for real estate. Mm -hmm. um, so I then realized that um, when you were doing real estate, um, you needed to publicize, you needed to tell the world, this is what I have. Yeah. And so I thought that that was a very good way to get into uh, the real estate business without actually having a full-fledged estate agency firm or estate development firm. And so that's how Castle's uh, lifestyle was born in 1999. Yes. Right. I actually think that was a very brilliant approach because everything we do in real estate is marketing. So you need to know how to sell, you, you, you own the entire business already and that's really fascinating. So at, at, at what point, what was the pivotal moment in... So you just talked about being in court with your dad and find out you don't have such patience to, to go on. But I want to know more about your experience as company secretary and legal advisor, how that really shaped your approach to, 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 to entrepreneurship. Well, the, the truth of the matter was that there was no um, bright light that went off, so to speak. <laughs> uh, I know many people may want me to have, you know, a come to Damascus moment. Uh, no, what happened was that in my mind's eye, I was actually to go up the corporate ladder. Right, I, I actually had people like the Mioni of Cadbury, Gamaliel Onosode as people that I looked up to. Um, so the idea was that I would become, from company secretary, I would become executive director, and maybe end up as MD, and then maybe have a small law firm after I retire. That was the whole, whole plan. Uh, but there were some issues in Stabilini, which meant that I had to leave. Right. And quite interestingly, there was no I, before then, I'd never failed any interview, any job interview. Every interview I went for, I used to get it. <laughs> and now I was failing all the job interviews I was going for. Oh, So I sat down and said, okay, what do I do in the interim? I, okay, let me see, look at what is lacking in the real estate space. Okay. Uh, the Guardian was the main uh, avenue for adverts and advertisements at that time. Yeah. And I thought, well, we should be able to do this at a fraction of the cost, okay. right? Uh, by removing the whole overheads of, of, um, of um, the Guardian and so on and so forth. But don't forget that all throughout this point, I didn't realize it. But sitting on, the boards, of, sitting on the boards of, of companies like uh, Intercourt, which is a cotton engineering, Ocean Fisheries, which is a fishing company, Churchgate Nigeria, a trading company, Sablini Bisinoni, a building development company. Um, so I, I must have sat on the boards as a company secretary of about 25 companies. So obviously I had built some muscle and started understanding business without actually knowing okay. that I was um, imbibing anything. Okay. Uh, and so when I now had to come up with a business plan, you know, I, I came up with a business plan on my own because I, I had had the experience over over time. I'd, I'd listened to audited accounts being presented, I'd seen budgets being, being done. So I, I just found out that despite being a lawyer, yeah, I had so invited to come naturally. Exactly. And so I was able to build up the business plan. I showed it to quite a few people who thought maybe somebody else had done it. I said, no, it was my business plan. Right. And, and, and so there was that encouragement from them to, to, to go for it. If there's any lesson to be learned, I think many people these days discountenance what they learn on their jobs or they generally look at their jobs as something that they just do just, just to for, pass time and, end, and, some and money. end some money. 
But I think I even read some research which showed that almost 60% of entrepreneurs that succeed, right, do so off an idea that they learned in wow, employment. Yes, yes. So I tell people that at times, you are not actually working for somebody. You might actually be working for yourself, yourself. if you if you, if you do that. So, exactly, exactly. So it was easy for me to transit into business because I've been exposed to business for almost 10 years at the, the highest level. Okay, so, so saying this now, would you, would you say having a foundation in business is critical to go into real estate? Because I, there's, there is something going on currently. I have an experience with someone right now who is running a real estate practice that is basically sinking to the ground. And in my opinion, I think he's doing that because he doesn't have a foundational understanding of business in general. So he knows about real estate, we buy, we sell, we develop, we have JVs, but he doesn't understand the foundational concepts. Would you think that that's really important? Absolutely. And I think what used to happen before was that real estate, at least when we started it, okay. um, was almost like, um, just put it out there, people will buy. Remember that at that time, there weren't so as many estates. Okay. If you if you took off from Lekki 1 to VGC then, you wouldn't meet any estate along the way. So basically green all through. Basically green. So if you had a good estate, then it was easy to sell. Right. So you might not have understood that you didn't. It wasn't your business expertise yes, or acumen. It was just a exactly. It was just a, a good market. You know, they say they said the um, uh, uh, the tide lifts all boats. Mm-hmm. So everybody was was growing up and everything looked yeah. all all nice and so on. Don't forget at that time. If you if you if you bought a house at 10 million, the next year it was 15 million. The year after that was 30 million. So it was very fast. Exactly. Now it's different. It's a very competitive market. There's a lot of competition, and there's a lot of channels to sell. There's a lot of um, ways of financing which wasn't there when Castle started in 1999. Okay. So the world of the person in real estate now. It's now a business world, like you said. So you definitely need uh, uh, an understanding, absolutely, of business, to, you know, business tools, management tools, and so on to, to make a success. So you, you mentioned, you talked about competition, and I think right now the competition is so stiff, and it's probably blinding people to realize what competition actually is. So I, I'll speak from my perspective. If you drive down from VGC. In fact, from Lekki Phase 1 yes. down to Ibamadesoya, you find all the buildings are looking alike. There is little distinction and the value is so exorbitant that it doesn't even match the value of the property being offered. So in terms of competitive advantage, what would you advise an upcoming entrepreneur in real estate in a way to position his buildings to actually sell differently and make value out of it? Well, an interesting question. Um, so there are two ways I think you can look at it. One is that maybe those buildings are telling you that that's what the market wants. Mm-hmm. So if that's what the market wants, and you then decide that you want to do that something a bit more esoteric, you may find out that you may not be able to sell it because they are wondering why you should be building differently. Okay. Um, at the same time, it might also be that the market is forced to accept. Which I think is the particular case we're finding here. Well, you're an architect, so I wouldn't want to say that. <laughs> <laughs> I would want to say that that's what an architect would say, but yes. Um, but I, I think that what 
way we are taught in, in, in businesses. Shoot bullets, then shoot cannonball. So don't don't go and make a whole sea change. You you have to test the markets, I think, by and these days, luckily, there are many tools that you can use to show people uh, visual, uh, visual, reading, visual, yeah. exactly, nominations, exactly, and yeah. and walk through and then see whether they are responding to exactly to, to, to that type of thing. That would be my suggestion. Mm-hmm. Uh, so look at the markets because it might actually be telling you that this is what they want. Yeah. But again, innovation and all that is important, especially um, you know, Steve Jobs says the market does not even know what they want. It is you to show them exactly. Right. So, so that may be the case as well. Okay, and and from what you're saying now, talking about shooting bullets and cannonballs, how do you, what's your approach to risk risk management in the entire value chain? Well, um, as an entrepreneur, I find myself at times in love with the big idea, right? And uh, you thought of something new, you thought of something exciting, and raising flies out of the window. It happens to everyone, I think. And so. You then, you then, you then um, go for it. You know, you read books. I will tell you, look, go for it, and then, and then you throw everything, and then. Yeah, exactly, exactly. But um, there are enough books that have also told us that look, the best entrepreneurs are actually very practical about risk. So, you know, um, it's, it's that balance, right? You, you you have to step out of the boat to walk on water, right? Mm-hmm. But at the same time, you may want to have a life jacket on if you understand what I mean. So, risk should not be spurned, but at the same time, you know, you need to, you need to test gradually and then when you see that your new idea or the way you want to do things is actually being verified by your testing. Then, then don't waste time. Go for broke. Just go all out. But that testing should be done. Okay, so that that testing now in in, in the world of today, mostly in Nigeria, I think um, the whole invent of e-commerce has shown that we have massive distrust in our in our country, yes. and I think across the world generally. So, how do you manage this testing and the financial risk involved? I, I'll give an example. I I met someone. Who had this concept in buildings that he felt would sell? He did a model, shared out animations to people. Everyone felt it was it was wonderful. Go for it, go for it. But at that point, the next thing was okay, build a show. So people come and like, okay, we've seen this. Can we can we see a showroom? Can we see a, a, a set stage for it? Do right. you have any stage apartment we can see of this? And it, he didn't have the finances to do that. So how would you advise someone like that? And how did you manage such financial challenges while you're coming up? Well, you see, the, the challenge of finance, especially real estate, yeah. uh, is that it's, it's a substantial amount of money. Uh, and luckily, over time, some tools have come up that help the developer or people like you or people like your friend to, to um, collaborate, I think is the right word, to, to be able to bring the ideas to life. One of which is the joint venture. Uh, model, which yeah. is the landowner will bring his land, yeah. and then the developer will bring the expertise and financing and so on. Yeah. I remember that came up when uh, in about 2010, uh, when Lavi was CBN governor, and basically loans to real estate dried up, okay. and so people were able to now 
swing to the JV model. I, I think um, if your friend, the guy with the idea, has enough, um, how would I say, um, reputation, he, he should be able to find backers. But if, if you can't find backers, then that means that you haven't built up enough uh, reputation. reputation in the, in the market. In the industry, yeah. Exactly, in the industry to be able to get people to trust you. Mm-hmm. So that means that you probably need to join others in, you know, maybe at a lower, a lower, lower level, level to build, level to and, build. And, and have the cloud for it. Exactly. But but because, I mean, if, if you're going to go for, what, 100 million, 200 million, uh, one of the projects, um, and you have not done that amount before, it's not likely that you get the backers to do it. Okay. So from what I can hear, you are talking about, you made reference to, um, um, JVs and that has a huge pertaining to networking. So, how would you say um, networking affects um, your your building finance for for projects of this nature? Right, um, networking does work, okay. uh, and it's very interesting the the, the the real estate market because I, I in, in some of my development. You actually see people just stop and walk in and ask who is the developer, you know, and you're watching them wondering well, what is this all about. And by the time you engage with them, you find out that they are also in some form of market research okay. sort. Okay. And so, what is that? You see the person leave your site and go to another site and go to another site. Obviously, he's, he's networking and he's meeting the people directly making the, the decisions. Okay. Um, it's it's a market that requires you to be able to get information instantaneously, and so you should be able to pick it your 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 phone and call somebody who would actually know. Because again, there's a death of, of data and information. You know, so I, I'm not sure it's something you can actually do on your own. And so networking is very key. Luckily, there are quite a number of conferences and a lot of um, get-togethers. In industry uh but but you can also be bold and you know just step up to to, to, to develop art and financier yeah. most and people are happy idea. yes most people are happy to, to listen and to engage okay okay so what what other financial strategies would you think or, or skills do you feel are relevant to building a successful real estate business it's the whole it's the whole spectrum really uh because even if you are talking about marketing yeah. The marketing costs vis-a-vis the returns from the the, yeah, the investment in marketing, yeah. so to speak. So is it adverts? Is it social media? Is it uh, websites? You know, you you have to uh, be able to calculate, right? If I invest in this channel, what returns do I get? You know, I tend to speak more on the marketing side because of the castles. Uh, government and castles, but it, it goes around the whole whole spectrum. Mm-hmm. Even even your sales force, you know, you, you you need to be able to 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 monitor and get feedback on their effectiveness. You need to be able to um, uh, see, you know, track what they're doing, mm-hmm. what they're doing exactly, if, if, if it's working and, and so on. Mm-hmm. It, it's actually the whole spectrum. Like I said, real estate market is actually changed since we started and now i i don't see how you're going to do it without any form of financial uh acumen of some, some sort okay, okay. 
okay so in terms of so for for sales i think a lot of a lot of real estate um, developers right now i think everyone is so i may be wrong but it feels like everyone is so focused on let's sell this property without how does this property serve the market we are we are we are providing for so what would you say about that so i i, I hear you okay. i hear you um but the challenge also is nigeria is actually a place where you have to watch your cash flow very, very yeah okay and it's also a very tough market to be in um so the developer himself will have to be thinking of how quickly he can turn yeah, around the cookies because um if something was say what trying to sell 10 million yeah. right yeah. i mean inflation is at what rate which is 27 i mean the, 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 the forex uh just just in forex terms it's possible that it's lost it's lost money but it's sitting, sitting there so so there are those very tough challenges that he has to face and don't forget that he would have taken when he when he started out Right, cement might have been at X cost, this might have been at Y cost, mm -hmm. and this is where we are now. Yeah. So, in a way, you cannot be too hard on developers. Right. And I'm not saying this because they are my customers. <laughs> <laughs> you cannot be too hard on the, on the developers themselves. But it does show, shows that there's a space in the market, there's a gap in the market for many who think like you, and there are quite a number who think like you. Yeah. And, and so, this, this should speak to those who can build for that type of market. That, that demographic. Yes, yes. It's going to be very interesting to see if we the, we the developers are giving the market what they want yeah. or, or they are managing what they're, they're getting. And I, I guess if you take somebody who is very uh, courageous, smart, and has yeah. the capacity yeah. to test that, some of the ideas that have come almost like standard in the, today. In the, in the, for today in the industry, okay. yes. Okay, so as um, as the CEO and founder of Nigeria Connect Limited, um, what opportunities do you really see for Nigerians in the diaspora, you know, investing right now? I, I I was discussing with a client who is interested in building for commercial purposes here, and he told me so we started discussion about about four months ago, and he said at this point that he wants to halt all commercial development. He feels at this point. With the, with the forex and all it's not profitable to be for commercial purposes investing funds investing forex what, what would you say uh, at the opportunity okay present? so um niger connect came up when um we saw that there was quite a lot of interest both ways nigerians in uh -huh. the in the, the yeah. so so nigerians to invest in property abroad okay. um, for obviously nigerians diaspora to invest back home um, and so, one of the questions which your um, friend has just pointed out is, yeah. if I invest, I make my money in foreign exchange, if I invest in Nigeria, and the Nigerian exchange rate yeah, is, going, is going south, then how does it really how work? Does it make sense? How does it really make sense? And we, we, did, we did a bit of, uh, we did a table at, at one point in time, we looked at uh, Magudu, Lekki Phase 1, Keja Jerry, and, and various places. I said, if you bought in 2017, yeah. right, which is I believe, six years ago, mm -hmm. what was the 
value, value them, right? And if you, what's the value today, both in was in, in, in pounds, pounds sterling. Okay. I was speaking to an audience in the UK, right. and what was interesting was that if you invested in land, just land, okay. um, the values you still made a fairly good return, right, on land in the government reserved areas. Reserved areas. Where the government reserved areas. So Lucky One, Magudo, Ikeja uh, Jiare uh, kept their value mm-hmm. in, in terms of what it was land. The challenge was if you built, mm-hmm. the, 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 if the houses didn't seem to keep as much value yeah. as land did. Yeah. But obviously, houses would also get you rental income. So it, it, it does require a bit of uh, math taking, but, but I mean, you're doing some math. But, but the currency risk is very real. Mm-hmm. The currency risk is very real. Um, having said that, Nigerian real estate is also very, 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 very lucrative if you do it the right way. I, I, like, like, for instance, we're talking about commercial development now. So, what has been happening is that we were finding that the owners of grid A malls, okay. right, they're not saying they're selling. Okay. okay? But, but they're not saying that they're not selling. Right. Uh, which means basically that, you know, they're not quite happy with the way the returns are, are coming. But then if you look at supermarkets, standalone supermarkets, um, don't want to mention some brands, but you would see the level of footfall and traffic. And, and you know that people are coming out with bags. Okay. If you go to malls, people may be going there to take pictures, mm-hmm. make, take photographs, mm-hmm. or have the old ice cream. Yeah. Okay? But if you go to, you know, the, 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 the supermarket chains, mm-hmm. we then have African markets, have bakeries, yeah. have food stalls, mm-hmm. and then, you know, some have laundry, laundry places. So you, you, you sort of find out that those places are actually doing very well. Generation. Right. So I think they have positioned for the real market. Okay. It may well be that some of these higher grade uh, uh, commercial um, uh, facilities yes. may be higher than the markets. There may not be enough people in the market, or the people in the market typically go abroad anyway mm-hmm. to, to, to spend, not here. Right. So, but if you build what the market wants, and I think you've been saying that quite a bit, mm-hmm. if you follow the demographics, and it's also difficult because, like I said, there's no data, mm-hmm. but if you can get it right, the return is significantly higher. Don't forget that if you leave your pounds or your dollars in, in, in the United States yeah. or in the UK, mm-hmm. historically, their interest rates were very low. So right. for savings, was uh, less than 2%. Okay. So really, if you wanted your money to work for you, yeah. you are better looking at Nigeria. So you don't, don't discount Nigeria completely. Okay. You, 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 you follow. But because, I mean, in fact, I think there was a time... I think it was Germany. They were going to charge you for having money in your savings account. Yes. Wow. Yeah, because, I mean, when when um, interest rates were, were zero, right. you, you follow. So, yeah, there's a lot of things going on. And again, real estate is now no more just buy land and build uh, and so on and so forth. You now really have to, you know, be, have some financial modeling. You have to really look at what is going on. Okay. So, I won't write Nigeria off if you 
um, as someone in diaspora, we now need to market them from their own viewpoints. Okay. Understanding that there's that currency risk in their heads. Yeah. And you must be able to show them that yeah, in spite as well. Exactly. In spite of all of that. All of that, right? Okay. It, it means that whatever you're doing must be able to show this kind of return okay. to maintain the currency risk and give you that's something that's on, on, on top. Right. But if you also know that at best what is getting in the UK is three percent because if you if you if you buy a properly developed property in the UK, which is a typical uh, property on offer, yeah. your rental re- return may be what three percent, four percent. Here it can be significantly higher, higher as well, okay. but of course you have to uh, factor in the currency risk. So uh, I think it goes again to what we are saying. The guy doing real estate now mm-hmm. is, is no more. Come and buy. Yes. You have to say, come, this is my presentation, yeah. and then the person will have no other impulse than to buy. Yeah. For Nigerians on the other side, um, Nigerians also, because of also trying to safeguard their, um, their, finances. their finances, you know, also will be thinking, okay, look, if I buy something in the UK, if I buy something in the US, at least it's, it's a uh, is if you look at it vis-a-vis how it's losing value here yeah. it makes sense to to, to do something mm-hmm. something over there so niger connect tries to to, to be there for up. yeah for, for both both parts mm-hmm. so in, in, in terms of that what would you you know on on, on twitter there are these questions that come up from time to time you know when a property is being marketed in, in Ikoi, somewhere in Ikoi, selling for close to a billion and you see a property of that same value abroad okay not not in terms of actual value not financial value so yes. it may cost less abroad but you are getting more so a lot of people have been asking why should i not take my one billion naira and buy a house close to beckham in the uk why should i come and buy it in a Kui where there's flood how, how would you approach such a conversation uh, so i mean i get that point uh, uh, very very clearly i i know someone who's actually left a big house in Nigeria for small flats. Okay. In, abroad. in the abroad, yes. And he's saying, look, I'm okay. okay. Uh, but I told him that in the first instance, why were you in that big house? You know, at times we have to challenge our, our yeah, own thinking. You have a big kitchen, a big everything, and so on and so forth. Mm-hmm. You have to cool it, you have to clean it and, and all that. Mm-hmm. Um yes, the Nigerian real estate market is at a um what would you call it? It's also at a gestation point. It's not. It's, it's just we we've seen Nigerian real estate actually grow okay. in the past twenty five years. Right. Okay, and what people now do in response to what we are talking, which is the environment, yeah. is that they now create serviced estates. Okay. Do, do you do you follow? Okay. So the so when you go into service estate, the, the fences are low, yeah. the ambience is better, mm-hmm. the drainage is you know, and there's no and issue of flood. Encouraging more community life. Exactly, and community life is important. Very importantly, they also create service charge. Mm-hmm. So that place that you are saying in the UK that uh, is flood free, yeah. you pay council tax and you pay service charge. See the council tax there. It's, it's not uh, it also in the in the in the nice areas. It's not something that you sneeze at. Mm-hmm. Meanwhile, here the the land use charge 
quite frankly, it's, it's a pittance in that equity that you are, you are, you are talking about. Yeah. You compare, you compare directly. Okay. So it's not that direct, but but I think that we should also have a futuristic view. Right. We are learning in many ways, okay. and I think the first thing before was let me get a nice house. You didn't care about the surroundings, you didn't care about the roads, you didn't care about anything. Okay. Now you've gotten a nice house, and I said, where are the roads? Where are the, so the mindset shift going on? Yes, you are going to see that will continue over time. Don't forget the the, 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 the British and pollution big the big country homes. Nobody's doing that anymore. Yeah. Of maintenance and so on and so forth. So you, you 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 will begin to see that Nigeria. I, I, I won't say you should write Nigeria off. I think we should look at Nigeria and look at these issues and it's now a challenge to even you and I mm-hmm. to now start finding solutions within that uh space exactly. Yes. Okay. So in, in, in all of these, what, what do you think are personal qualities that someone going into real estate development should have to be successful? Okay, personal and professional, if you might, if, if I may put that in as well. Okay. Now, um, the first thing is starting with the client in mind, starting with the customer in mind. So. So the person has to be very has to be a very focused person, a very clear person. I think times have passed, have changed. And I, I don't know if I why I keep saying this, but you're making me ruminate on a lot of things. On a lot of things. You take took me back all those many years. Um but if you are selling, say, for instance, land that is going to be given um, um, capital value, you're looking at capital value. There's a there's a mindset there's a there's a way you present that okay so the idea is that you're not going to develop it you're just going to basically put infrastructure put um, security and then that's what you're selling mm-hmm. there's no more um, I can do ikoyi in the morning and then do lakoe in the afternoon mm-hmm. I, I think now you have to have that discipline to be, to do specialization. And understand that this is your market. This is what you know, not a, not a, you know, not that you can just be doing everything. Um, there's a personal bit of being a bit, um, I would say, bubbly, but you must be somebody who can sell. Okay, you must, you're, you're, you must, you must have the, the, the charisma and everything. I don't think you can be a wallflower type person and do, and do real estate. Um, I think you must also be somebody who is thinking of building a brand and I, what I mean by building a brand uh, you are thinking that when people interact with me my services my products the house and so on and so forth what are they going to say about it because those are your best selling points those are your that's the best way to sell in real estate so I think those three things basically is what uh, the, the real estate person of the should be it's been breathtaking. Can, can, I, I don't know. Have you been hearing all of that? It's it, it's so much to take in. And I, I think this is one of those sessions you, you sit back time and time again to listen to, reminisce, and really think about the effects of what you're doing, how you're going into this market, how you plan to sustain your value in the market. It's been brilliant. Thank you very much. Thank sir. you very much. Now, let me switch around because you must, I, cannot, I can also learn from you right. as, as well as you can learn from me. Right. Now, what I'm, I'm very interested in is 
you you describe your position in your company as a vision driver. Yeah. Now I've noticed that there are nomenclatures like vision driver, founder. We just knew CEO, right? In in our own time. Okay. Have you found that those that use, using those kind of titles actually helps in in in, in, in running the business? So in, in in my opinion, I think everyone growing up, a lot were just interested in the nomenclature, the name CEO. So you even see people selling the market CEO. So I think at some point it goes beyond just the name. And for me and my organization, I think every name you you you, you bear should reflect on your value to that business. So I'm not really interested in being CEO. I'm more focused on this is what I want to do, and I want to move this vision from point A to point B. So I wasn't really bothered about trying to answer. So even even at some point, um, a lot of people didn't know or don't know that I have stakes in the business. Because I think I'm still at the very nascent stage, really. I'm not a big name yet. And at times also, in our Nigerian parlance, the name you answer can block your favor. <laughs> really. So at some point, let's just, let's keep it humble. Let's go and there'll be a time to assume bigger names. Okay, fantastic. It's something that I would think of myself, <laughs> you know, even as I also transition into the next thing. But um, how challenging has it been? I, I, I noticed that you have, you know, a sort of innovative mindset okay. to, to, to real estate. You seem to think, okay, let's do this differently. Yeah. Um, how challenging has it been for you to actually bring forth the vision that you have for real estate? Right? I think it has been extremely challenging. <laughs> <laughs> extremely, extremely. Because um, first of all, like, like you mentioned and, and referring to Steve Jobs, the market does not always know what they want until you show them. So coming from the perspective of an architect, I come with a design mindset. And I feel every building solves a problem. Right. So before building, you ought to know the challenge of the individual that wants to stay in that place so that your design will reflect its personality. But what we have now, all buildings are general. Mm. Everybody's going white. And it must be white. The tiles are the same thing. So when I'm talking to people and I'm thinking of the kind of things I have in mind, yes. who are saying, where can we see? Let's see one. Right. Let's see one. Are we sure the market will buy into this thing we are saying? Are we sure if I put in this money into it, I will recoup that investment? And even right now, people are not building for the millennials. And that's why even in Lekki, all through Lekki, through VGC, we find a lot of vacant mansions. Right. They are built, they are vacant. Right. So now some people are doing to convert those mansions to shared apartments. So coming from that angle, going into that market, a market that is really new in the sense of it's yeah. it's challenging getting the buying you need and that financial backing to develop a prototype right but like i said the trust factor is very low so i've had even i, I do a bit of furniture designing a people would tell me um we've seen this thing here's your showroom let me just come and see this one that you're doing so now you know i have to think of developing personal finances to get in that prototype and right. at this point it's really challenging right. and i think a lot of people are facing that same challenge going into real estate trying to develop things that are different from what everyone knows to be the norm right. so it's, it's been really challenging yeah. so thank you very much for for being here for sharing this 
this wealth of information with me and those that will be watching thank you so very much for making our time on your busy schedule to be here i'm really grateful and um thank you everyone for watching i think you should watch this time and time again it's really important you do thank you so very much for being there thank you for listening to this episode of journeys in entrepreneurship this interview was recorded on the 13th of October, 2023 at Faith Foundation's office in Lagos, Nigeria. We look forward to hearing about your aha moments in the comment section below. Bye.